0: If you began a hot air balloon race around the world on New Year's Day and arrived back at your starting point just now, you did not make it in the required time, for it is March 23rd, the 82nd day of the year, and you didn't quite get back in time, but what an admirable journey that you've made to get here, to right now, the 164th installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And there's no race involved to get you information, but there certainly is a need. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, here for another fantastic voyage through community information. On today's show, a quick look at the pandemic metrics for today. The Albemarle Architectural Review Board reviews the Ivy Road corridor. Albemarle supervisors get an update on planning for the next comprehensive plan, a new name for Albemarle's charter school, and a newcomer enters the race for Charlottesville School Board. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, Supporter Lonnie Murray wants you to know about a series of seminars on spring and fall landscaping with native plants. Plant Virginia Natives has held two of these already, but the next one comes up today with Trista Imrich, owner of Wild Works of Whimsy. This is a good place to start if you'd like to plant natives but don't know where to begin. So consult the list that is in the newsletter. The current seven-day average for new COVID-19 cases in Virginia is 1,442, as reported by the Virginia Department of Health. And the seven-day average for positive PCR tests is 5.6% today, up slightly from 5.4% on Sunday. As of today, 1.14 million Virginians are fully vaccinated. On Friday, the UVA health system offered another briefing on its pandemic response. This time around, Dr. Tyson Bell spoke about how the system is working with the Blue Ridge Health District to ensure vaccination distribution is being done in an equitable manner.
1: Equitable distribution has been an issue nationwide. Every state that reports um, data on who's received vaccination has reported a discrepancy. in And um, in those who are receiving vaccine um, tend to be uh, white Americans uh, whereas uh, underrepresented minorities who disproportionately overrepresent cases and deaths um, have received disproportionately low access to vaccine.
0: Dr. Bell said the district is taking a strategy involving communications to fill information gaps, targeted clinics for smaller communities, and making sure that people who don't have time to hunt for an appointment get one anyway.
1: And so we want to make sure that we are removing geographic barriers and administrative barriers to make sure that we have. Um, uh, easy access and, and actually make getting vaccinated a downhill process rather than an uphill process as it exists um, for the, at the present.
0: Dr. Bell said some remain skeptical about getting vaccinated, and he does not like to use the term hesitancy and is there to listen.
1: People should have questions and concerns about something that they're going to inject into their bodies. And I think the one thing to underscore is that our messaging and information around the COVID-19 vaccines really just started once they were ready for approval or authorization, I should say. And so there is a lost time to where we could have closed that information gap.
0: We'll have more on the pandemic as it continues. An advisory group that's been considering names for Albemarle County's charter school is recommending the name Community Lab School. Murray High School and the Community Public Charter School have merged and needed a new name. The charter school's head teacher also served as chair of the advisory committee. Here's a quote from Stephanie Passman. We believe Community Lab School combines two of the most popular choices, while celebrating a distinguishing strength of our school and helping to explain the purpose and mission of the learning experience we offer to students. Albemarle schools are also reviewing the name of Virginia L. Murray Elementary School. A survey concluded last Thursday, and results should be announced soon. Three people have now declared their intentions to run for three seats on the Charlottesville School Board. Parent Krista Bennett announced on Facebook and YouTube last week, I want for our community to be a just one. This includes equity in education and for children to have access to what they need to grow strong and healthy and prepared for bright futures. Bennett has been working on a project to get a playground built at Walker Upper Elementary School. A press release highlights Bennett's efforts to persuade the school system to stop taking away recess time for punishment. There are currently three incumbents. One of them is Juan Diego Wade, and he's running for city council. Incumbent Lisa Tarson-Torres has indicated she will seek another term, but Leah Perrier has not yet made an announcement about her future. Realtor and former teacher Emily Dooley has also announced her candidacy. For more on Bennett's candidacy and the race, read an article by Catherine Knott in the Daily Progress. In the most recent installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, We listened in on the Albemarle Architectural Review Board's discussion of the Fontaine Avenue entrance corridor. The ARB also discussed another roadway that connects to the University of Virginia on roads that travel through both Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville. The ARB reviewed the urban portion of 250 West from I-64 to Old Ivy Road and touched on the continuation of the roadway into Charlottesville. Currently under construction on Ivy Road is the 195,000-square-foot UVA musculoskeletal hospital on the former ground of the now-demolished Children's Rehabilitation Hospital. Santara Martha Jefferson is building a facility to the west of Vivace and WTJU. On the latter, ARB member Frank Hancock noted its form is more urban than what is currently along the corridor. I think that's going to be interesting to see kind of that
1: redevelopment, that level of redevelopment, if other parcels adjacent to that, you know, I, I know that's taller and I'm maybe a little bit closer to the corridor, which I think is appropriate as we're moving in to the city and kind of more in the, the urban area.
0: The ARB's newest member, Chris Henningson, also said he was interested to see how the corridor is becoming more urban.
1: I'm interested to see um, how the Centaur building looks and gets landscaped, you know, in its final form, as, as with the um, orthopedic center, too.
0: The ARB reviewed the Centara building, but not the UVA one, because UVA is exempt from formal review by the ARB. Many buildings have been constructed on Old Ivy Road across the railroad tracks in recent years. The railroad tracks serve as a barrier to pedestrian connectivity. ARB member Fred Missel is the Director of Design and Development for the UVA Foundation, which has purchased and consolidated many properties further to the east in Charlottesville for the future Ivy Emmett Precinct of University Grounds, where a new hotel and academic buildings are planned. Missel said the section of Ivy Road in Albemarle County has issues. Railroad and especially the utility lines along that side, it's just... It's not a great entrance corridor. With the development
1: of the Hotel and Conference Center, the School of Data Sciences, everything on that corner uh, up to Arlington, that that whole area is about 14 acres of land and it's got capacity for about three quarters of a million square feet of development in long-term.
0: Missel said that would mean a lot of vehicular traffic coming through the area, something that will need to be addressed. It's one of the two sort of front doors to the university, um, which is why the visitor center is located there. Unfortunately, in the police station, um, that's looking to be relocated to the hotel and conference centers. The city was awarded $12.1 million in funding for a smart scale project in the first round to improve the streetscape along Emmett Street. A VDOT dashboard indicates that project is behind schedule. Speaking of city transportation projects, Charlottesville will once again place traffic barrels on a southbound lane of the Belmont Bridge as part of its Safe Streets initiative. The idea is to give more space for pedestrians and cyclists. Here's a line from a press release. The safety measures will be in place until the coronavirus state of emergency is lifted, or until the construction of the replacement bridge commences. The city has been planning for the replacement of the Belmont Bridge for over 10 years, and the project was advertised for construction bids in January. The project has a $31.1 million cost estimate, according to VDOT's most recent six-year improvement program. Bids for the project closed last Tuesday, but the city has not yet responded yet to a request for information about whether any of those bids came in under the cost estimate. The current fiscal year contains a $5 million capital payment for the project and the proposed capital budget for fiscal year 22 includes another $2.5 million payment for the Belmont Bridge replacement. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In this subscriber-supported public service announcement, the days of live music at clubs are in our future. But if you feel safe and want to check out people playing together in a safe environment, like a winery, the Charlottesville Jazz Society has a running list of events coming up on their website. The Charlottesville Jazz Society is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all that jazz. Check them out in the link in the newsletter. The Albemarle County Board of Supervisors said last week they want a faster review of the county's comprehensive plan and that three years will be too long to do so. Supervisors last updated the plan six years ago, and much has changed since then, according to planning manager Rachel Falconstein.
1: Since the 2015 update, we've had significant work in climate action planning, economic development, equity, inclusion, and infrastructure investments. So we want to better align the plan with those initiatives.
0: Falkenstein said the comprehensive plan also needs to inform a rewrite of the rules of where development can go and how.
1: We've identified the need for a zoning ordinance update and doing the comp plan update now um, to incorporate these initiatives will help set that stage.
0: In February, supervisors had pushed back on the three-year process staff recommended then to update the comprehensive plan and asked for a more expedited review. However, Falconstein said staff still believed in a 36-month process. We
1: feel that given the level of engagement and the breadth of topics that are covered in the comp plan, that three years is really a realistic timeline for this work.
0: A detailed community engagement plan would come back to the board later this year. A project advisory group would be formed to oversee the process, and members would be paid a stipend. However, staff has now changed that to have the funding used to reduce barriers to participation. This could include access to language translation, as well as transportation. Supervisor Ann Malik said the existing plan is clear to read, and she did not want that to be lost as the current plan is updated.
1: The benefit of our comp plan now, and I think why it won awards and was very uh, well accepted, is its readability. And the fact that it's not just the last 12 months of something. It is a very long-term history document about how we got here.
0: Supervisor Liz Palmer said she wanted the Planning Commission to weigh in about whether the plan needed to be rewritten or just updated.
1: I I am concerned about this idea of a three-year plan being a complete rewrite of this comprehensive plan. And that's the part that I'm really struggling with.
0: Palmer also wanted to know if the zoning ordinance and comprehensive plan could be updated at the same time, given many conflicts between the two documents. County Attorney Greg Kampner said he would prefer to do the comp plan update first.
1: The ideal situation would be to have a comp plan and then immediately follow with a comprehensive uh, rewrite and updating of the zoning ordinance because it's 40 years old.
0: Palmer asked if that would mean the zoning rewrite would not begin for three years. Planning Director Charles Rapp said supervisors will have the chance to weigh in with more direction as the work plan for the Community Development Department comes before them. He said work on the zoning rewrite could at least begin before the comp plan is finished.
1: I think once we get to, as, as Rachel had pointed out, that kind of framework for the comp plan so we know what it's going to contain, then we can go ahead and start making progress on the zoning ordinance.
0: Charlottesville hired one consultant to produce an affordable housing plan, an update of their comprehensive plan, and a new zoning ordinance. The Seaville Plans Together initiative just completed the housing plan, which Council endorsed earlier this month. Albemarle supervisors had a public hearing on their new housing plan last week, but sent it back to the Planning Commission for further work. I'll have more on that housing plan in the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. As for the Albemarle Comprehensive Plan, Supervisor Diantha McKeel also thought three years was too long to wait and that parts of the zoning needed to be changed sooner.
1: Well, the zoning, the code is critical to getting it updated. It's my, to be honest with you, it's really my priority along with specific areas in the comp plan economic development, climate action. I mean, I could go through and maybe just a couple of others.
0: Deputy County Executive Doug Walker said he heard a disconnect between staff and the board on this issue. He provided some clarifications.
1: Um, this is it's not intended to be a rewrite, um, and which was actually done you know, the last time. It is an update, but I acknowledge that uh, to some extent, updating and rewriting can can maybe seem a lot the same if we're not very careful about how we distinguish one from the other.
0: Falkenstein said staff will come back with a more detailed scope, but still maintain the process will be lengthy. County Executive Jeffrey Richardson agreed.
1: The the staff is trying to manage this and manage the board's expectation. In three years sounds like
0: a long time, but everywhere I've ever been, uh, uh, comprehensive plan updates take quite some time because of the domino effect of touching all of the various aspects of the entire plan document. Plans, plans, everywhere is a plan. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for March 23rd, 2021. Another catch-up edition as I try to dig out from last week, which was a very busy week. And of course, we'll be producing more content from that week and this week as we go forward. If you have enjoyed this program, the most important thing you can do is send it on to people who you think might be interested in listening to it. The subscriber base is certainly growing and I'd like it to grow a little bit more so I can continue to to bring this information to as many people as possible about how these things work and how they might work better in the future. That's the whole point of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment of this program. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Happy spring. I mean, we've already sprung, uh, but hey, you know, spring, sprang. Hooray! Stay safe out there.